Hey, what's up? My name is Dusty Otis. I am the lead pastor here at The Grove in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thank you so much for taking part of your day to be a part of this church, to engage in this message, and for supporting our ministry. It means more than you know. None of what we get to do happens without you. I pray that today's message speaks to your heart. I hope that it helps you move forward in your relationship with God, and I hope that you become just a little bit better in following Jesus because you took the time to listen today. Enjoy the message. Different uh, approach. Everybody online, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, this is a big deal for us. And so um, I was consulting a church at one point, and uh, it's a big deal when you go to consult a church because the pastor lets you talk to his team and he's not there. And so there has to be a lot of trust. And I was, I was talking to his team and they said, uh, well, well, pastor is this way when he's at this location. But he's this way when he's here at our main location and, and he's, and he's even more different with us when, when we're doing all staffs, when we're just in a staff conversation. And that, that hit me a different way. The Lord spoke to me and I thought, well, shouldn't, shouldn't he be like the same way that he is in his all staff with everyone? And I know that you guys don't know us very well yet. We're just week 11, but what you see is what you get with us. And I think that's what's great about this church, this body of people here. By the way, I don't call this a church. I call this a body. We're not a church until you get here, right? And so um, what's unique about us is, is what you see is what you get. And so many good compliments coming in like, oh, okay, this is, this is a place for me. You can come exactly how you are here. And that's exactly why we gather. And so my approach in these is to give you that perspective. I've, I've wrestled for the 11 weeks I've been here because I did 90 plus weeks of online church in Detroit before I transitioned here. And I've wrestled with the message and how it comes across. And I'm just telling you this to include you. Okay. It's not part of the message, but I wrestled this because sometimes as pastors, we get up here and we want to do a presentation. We want to hit every point like this. And I've struggled with that because I know that you don't want that. You didn't come here for a presentation and you didn't come here for me to yell at you and you didn't come for me to, t- to talk to you like I'm your teacher and you're in school. And so we all have parents. We've had teachers. We've had professors. We all came here to get better today. Amen. Amen. And so that's that's my place. And so the title today is the one. And we're going to look at essentially who Sundays exist for. Who Sundays exist for. And now we know Sundays by the last series that Sundays exist for worship, right? Discipleship and evangelism. But everybody, every, everything kind of spurs or starts from evangelism. If we don't share the message, we're not going to worship. If we don't share the message, there will be no discipleship. The message of Jesus, evangelism, that big word is just sharing and showing people who Jesus is. Can I hear an amen? amen. And so then this happens best in authentic community. It's what we have right here. As the body. And for that to happen, we must have real relationships. That means no fake fronts. You're going to come in, you're going to get what you, get what you see, right? Nobody's coming in here trying to, trying to be somebody or be something that they're not. We all know that what? Jesus is the answer, right? The reason you gather here today is because Jesus is the answer. It's not because Dusty's a great teacher, right? And it's not because somebody came in with a nice new flannel, right? That's not it. Jesus is the answer. And so then to be a community of faith, we must be disciples. What's that mean? A follower of Jesus. We want more of you, Jesus. Why? What does that mean that we all have in common? For me, what it means is he saved me, he forgave me, and he changed my life. If you believe that, will you raise your hand? Okay. Now, I want you, if you're writing notes, write that down. Write that down. He saved me, he forgave me, and he changed my life. Have you ever been invited to anything in your life? If, you, if yes, say yes. 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 What? Sports games? Right? 
I just got invited to a a seminar uh, through via email. Thank you, Pastor Robert, uh, this last week. Uh, We get invited to prom, whether you do the inviting or you get invited, right? We get invited to all kinds of stuff. What does the person that invites you to that thing believe about the thing they're inviting you to? It's going to be awesome, right? And I'm going to cover the gas, which today that's a big deal, right? I'm going to come pick you up. Okay. I'm going to buy the food. We're going to go do this. You want to come with me. It's a big deal. You don't invite anybody to anything unless you believe it's worth it. Right. Is Jesus worth it? Yes. Yes. Okay. And so then remember who invited you because that's the, that's the first one we're talking about. The one who invited you, the one who invited you, who invited you to church. You don't have to say it out loud. If you've never been invited to church and you came, you are, you are a rare breed because hardly ever does a perfect stranger come to a strange place all by themselves. Unless one thing, what? Jesus. I know, I know this guy can change my life, right? When you think about the person who invited you to church, what did they believe? They believe what you just wrote down. They believe what you just wrote down. He saved me. He forgave my sins. He changed my life. And... I believe it so much, I know he'll do the same for you. Would you come with me? Would you come with me? And so anybody ever have their parents bring them to church? Parents brought you to church? Okay. That's how I got back into church. Okay. And so my dad gets invited from this guy. And uh, his name's Bobby. Bobby's an amazing guy. And uh, Saturday nights, this is a big deal, guys. We get invited to church, and my dad decides that our whole family is going to go to church on Saturday nights. I'm a junior in high school. This is before cell phones, okay? And at this time, this is the late 90s, if you had a pager, you were one of two people, okay? You were a doctor or you were a drug dealer, okay? That's the Oklahoma perspective, okay? That's not meaning that it's true, but my parents, that was it. Who are you paging, right? Is he doing drugs? It's the very next, very next question, right? I know you don't know any doctors. You're a junior in high school, so it has to be a drug dealer. It's not a drug dealer, okay? And so then my dad brings us to church, and, and he, he essentially is, is pulling me along the whole time. Now, I resented this a little bit because I'm trying to get in trouble. I'm a junior in high school. I'm ignorant. I'm dumb, and I want to be where the people are. And, and what stunk about that is most of the time I was where the people are. So I got removed from that. Start going to church. Now, here's what you don't know. The guy that I call my dad's not my dad. He's my stepdad. He took me uh, when I was 18 months old. My biological father's a drug addict, an alcoholic, and he overdosed when he was 42 years old, and he died. I never met him. I never met him. Addiction in my family is huge. I'm the only one like me in my family who does this on Sundays preaching or no preaching. I have some sisters who are following kind of close. My brothers are lost. They're, they're both older than me. And what my dad knew is what I didn't know. And he was rescuing me from that. If you just come to Jesus, if you just come to Jesus, and it took me about a year and a half to realize, wait a second, I think this guy's onto something. And my pastor at the time talked a lot about football. I played football. I was going to play college football later. And, and so, okay, this guy's pretty cool. So I can relate. But at the same time, after church was over on Saturday nights, I couldn't go get in trouble because it was after eight and all we had was landlines and nobody was sitting on Saturday night at eight o'clock waiting to go, I wonder Dusty's going to call, right? (laughs) 
And so um, that ended up being something monumental in my life because I ended up stealing the key to the weight room. I'm not encouraging stealing, by the way. I stole the key to our high school weight room, and I would just go exercise on Saturday nights. And that ended up leading me to be successful in my future with athletics. I would have never done that. I would have never done that. I would have been in trouble. I would have been in trouble, and I would have been with the wrong crowd. Now, listen, I was saved when I was 13, so I believed that I was going to be the good guy in the wrong crowd, okay? Jesus puts light in dark places. He sure does, right? Now, the reality was is when you're the only light in a dark place, the dark tends to consume you. It just does. And you can try and try and try and try again, and you can be and be and be again, but more times than not, you tend to start leaning toward that way because you become what you surround yourself with, right? And so then the reality of my dad um, taking me to church ended up saving my life, ended up rescuing me. He wasn't the guy. It wasn't his faith. He got me to the door. He just got me to the door which turned into me being a pastor. Who would have ever thought? Who would have ever thought? And the guy that invited my dad to church, they stopped going to church about six months after we started. So the guy who was like, this is amazing, awesome, he flamed out. And his whole family flamed out. And he left. But it wasn't his faith that saved me. It was just his faith that got me to the door. It was his faith that got my dad to the door that got me in. I pray the prayer of salvation, my mom follows, my two sisters follow, and my brothers go farther and farther away. Maybe I'll get back to my brother. Bobby believed one thing when he invited my dad to church. Jesus is real. Jesus is real. He's real. He saved my life. He forgave my sins, and he changed my life. He'll do the same for you. This is the message of the gospel. That's what evangelism is. And so then the love and the hope and the power and the presence of God in your life can, can, there's a lot of people who believe can, and will change you if you allow it. If you say this, Lord, here it is, Lord, all of me. And that was the belief in the person who got you here, right? Whatever day that was and whatever time that was. I have a friend in um, Charlotte, North Carolina. He says, your memory is your motivation. So many times we ride the roller coaster of life and it's ups and downs and we forget the day that God saved our life. We forget the day that God came into our life. Jesus, we received Jesus. We allowed Jesus to change our life and we forget that. And that moment is a mile marker moment in your life. It's a mile marker moment. And when life sucks, you immediately need to go back to that day and remember what happened that day and the joy. And maybe there were tears. Guys, when I prayed that prayer, I was in row 17 of section eight of all sections at the very top. And back in that day, you had to, so I was all the way against the wall. I had to go in front of 17 people, 17 seats. Okay. All the way down an aisle, across half the church, down the center aisle, and I hugged my pastor the day that I received Jesus. I ignored it for about eight weeks. And when I hugged my pastor, the first man I ever hugged, ever, ever, I hug all of you guys every week. Changed my life. Changed my life. And so then, the reality is we all have to believe for ourselves, right? Their faith doesn't get us here, it gets us to the door. And now that you're in the door and you've been here or you are here, now you become the one. You become the one. You're here. We're all in different places in our journey. Some of us are babies. Some of us are old. Some of us are still ignorant. We've just been pretending. Sundays aren't for pretenders. 
They're for people who are all in on Jesus. Everything we sang about this morning, weird language or not, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Now, the person who got you to the door got you to the door for what reason? Relationship. It might have been an acquaintance, but the reality is it's probably a relationship. They knew you, right? They knew you. Whoever brought you to that door or the door of any other church before you got to this church, whoever brought you there plays a massive role in your future. And if you pray to receive Jesus, then your name is in the book of life, which means you're part of the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. You're part of the kingdom of heaven. And so then it's not a finish line. So many times we pray and we think, oh, well, I prayed the prayer of salvation. Now I'm in heaven. That's really good. But this is the starting line to something much greater. It's called the cause. We're all called to go and make disciples, all of us. Whether you believe you're good enough or not, that's next. That's next, okay? And so then God has a plan for you. I don't want you to feel like you ever finish. You never finish with Jesus because your potential is greater than your lifespan. The potential that God has put in you is greater and much more than how long you'll live which means we never reach the mountaintop. It's not about that. It's about being light, right? And so somebody was the one for you, so now you're the one for somebody. So this is our plan, but it's not my plan. This is God's plan. God's plan was always people. He left the world to 12 people and said, go, go. And when everybody says my name, I'll be back. And those who don't, they're going to regret it in short. And so (laughs) God's plan is you. God's plan is people. God's plan is you. Just as much as it is me, I sit in the same seat as you. I don't hold a different position. Love that you call me pastor. That's amazing. But me and you are on the same team. We're fighting the same battle. We're, we're going the same direction. And so our plan is people. Our why is people. Our heart is people. We want to reach people. We're making room for people. Yeah. There are 26 new seats in the auditorium this week. Woo. Our closet's half empty now. Okay, we're making room for people. We call it the office, by the way, because the closet and an office. <laughs> and so to reach the city, it only ever happens one at a time. And you're not responsible for 46 people. You're just responsible for one. And when that one comes, they're responsible for one, 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 and so on, which means your belief that God wants to use you must increase. Your belief must increase. It has to. It has to. We don't take a poor me approach. We take the praise God approach. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done in my life. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. When I close the message every week, I say, hey, if this message meant something, share it. Why? That's what Paul said. Woe to me if I don't. If I don't let you know all the things that God's done in my life. That doesn't mean be a weirdo and go stand on that corner and wave a Bible at people and tell them turn or burn, get right or get left. It doesn't mean that. Right? It just means go shine a light. Go show people who Jesus is. And so then, to build the body, it's not about metrics, it's about the kingdom, right? We must reach people, it's got to be one at a time. The Bible says, shine a light for all men to see. Shine a light, this little light of mine, for all men to see. It's hard to do that undercover, it's hard to do that on the couch, it's hard to do that stuck in your house. It's hard to do that all alone. Plus, that's where the devil wants you anyways. So then, if you're going to, sorry... If we're going to have an impact, we must use our influence. Impact comes with influence. What impact? Kingdom impact. Not dusty impact. 
Robert Impact, Dennis Impact, Kingdom Impact, Kingdom Perspective. Kingdom, that's a weird word, heaven. The Bible says, Lord, let your will be done on heaven as is on earth. Lord, let your will be done in Fort Collins as it is in heaven. In heaven. Impact comes with influence. Influence comes through relationship, which means we leverage our relationships. We use our relational equity, is what I like to call it, to reach those who are closest to us. We all know somebody who could use a little more light. If you know somebody who could use a little more light, a little more Jesus, a little more hope, a little more light, could you raise your hand? Think about that person. Keep them there, okay? Matthew 6, 21 says, wherever your heart is, wherever your treasure is, it's also where your heart will be. When we reach people and people pray, so when God uses you to bring somebody to church and that person prays the prayer and they receive Jesus, their name gets written in the book of life and they're in heaven. That's treasure. That's treasure. It's not money. It's not cars. It's not houses. It's not status. It's, not, it's none of those things. So when Matthew 6, 21 says, wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. When your treasure is people, when our treasure is people, God's heart is people. Everybody say people. People People in heaven hold the greatest worth. That's sending treasure ahead. How many of you guys are, can't take it with you. Can't take it with you. You can't take it with you. But you can send people ahead. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. At the Grove, our treasure is people. Period. It's why we're here. It's why we knocked out walls. It's why I spent 46 hours here this week. Okay? Why? Community, relationship, discipleship. It's Acts 2. Super simple. We mess it up. Human beings get in the way. That's it. Relationship. Relationship. Growing in our relationship with God. Growing in our relationship with others. That's it. If we'll do that and we go out and just show people who Jesus is with our actions, with our words, it'll change the city. It'll change the city. Amen? Amen. So then, you've heard this before. The local church is the hope of the world. It's the hope of the world. In a post-COVID world, it's not very hopeful. I'm just telling you the truth. We are, you are the hope of this city. Yes. You are. I don't think so, Dusty. I'm sleepy today. Okay? I don't feel like it. I'm tired, grumpy, had any caffeine, like... The excuses are going to come, and they'll keep coming. And as long as you allow them, you won't lead anything. Your life is this. You either allow it to happen, or you lead it to happen. Period. It's coaching 101. What happens on the field is either led, or it's allowed. What happens in your life, you're either going to lead it, or you're going to allow it to happen to you. Okay? So then... We didn't come here to put another church in Fort Collins or to take over a church in Fort Collins. So I don't want a building. Matter of fact, we're tearing more, we're tearing more and more out every week. It's not about the walls. It's about you. It's not about having another church in the city. This church has a lot. This city has a lot of churches. How, you, you don't even know how many churches you drove by on the way here. When I lived in Detroit, to get seven miles to Ford Field, I drove past 73 churches on my way to Ford Field. All of them empty. We don't need another building. We need more of us. We need people with guts, with heart, with integrity, with character. who are willing to stand up for Jesus and stop listening to all the people trying to ruin everything. They're trying to ruin everything. Dead gummit. So then, Matthew 7, 12 says this. Okay, It says, therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them. This is our core scripture. It's our core scripture. 
When you walk out what it means to have a real relationship with God, you're being who we are. You're being who we are as Christians. We use the Grove as the title. It's, it's amazing. As believers, you're a body of believers. We, everybody say we. we. Now say it like you mean it. We. 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 Okay. Here's what you need to know. The reason that we do for one is because 89% of people outside these walls walking around the city have no clue why they're here. And they would tell you that. I don't know why God, they want most of them probably wouldn't give you that. Well, God, I don't know why God put me here. Okay. Some of them would. But 89% of people outside of here don't know why they're here. They don't know why they're on planet Earth. What does that mean? We must be the example, right? We're going to be the bridge through our relationships to show people who Jesus is. One person at a time. So then, the kingdom can be built. What do I mean? In Fort Collins as it is in heaven. Everybody say heaven. heaven. So then doing for one person helps take most people from no purpose to on purpose. Most being the 89%. Doing for one person helps take one person from no purpose to on purpose. Everybody say on purpose. On purpose. It's significance. That's what significance is. A lot of us in here chase success. We want success. And we define success. Right? I said it earlier. Whatever you think success is, you have this in your mind right now. When I get that job, when I get that boat, whatever, car, right? go these new skis, whatever success is to you. You're not chasing that. We're chasing significance. Significance is being used by God to make a difference in somebody's life. There's nothing greater on the face of the earth than, than that significance, significance. God used me to bring this person, this person prayed to receive Jesus. The, the kingdom grew. The kingdom of heaven grew. Significance period. Why? Because he saved my life. He forgave my sins. He changed my life. And he'll do the same for you. Yes. He'll do the same for you. Just as much as, as going to a Broncos game makes you lose your voice, okay? <laughs> now, so then we're after significance, not success. I'm going to tell you a story. This is out of Luke chapter 5. Jesus is in the house. He's teaching. And this house is full up, okay? The, there are people standing outside. The windows are blocked. They're out the door. They're in the streets. Everything is crowded, okay? And Jesus is teaching, and this is Luke chapter 5. This is about four friends, okay? So you hold the place of all four friends. Good for you. Just then some men showed up carrying a paralyzed man on a mat, okay? They were trying to bring him to the place, trying to bring him to and place him before Jesus. But since they found no way, they carried him in because of the crowd. They went up to the roof and they let him down on a stretcher through the roof tiles in front of Jesus. This is, this is deep, okay? So then when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend... In some version, he says friend twice, because we're all ignorant. We need to be told twice, okay, until we mature and become, you know, adults. And some of that, some, sometimes don't happen until you're 85, all right? So then he says, friend, your sins are forgiven. And immediately this man on the mat stood up, picked up his mat. He went out and he glorified God. Wait a second. There's a lot that happens here, right? Now, it wasn't the paralyzed man's faith that got him there. He was never going to make it on his own. But four friends decided to walk however long they wanted to walk. Okay? You know that had to stink, right? All right, man. Jesus is in the next town over. You grab a side, I'll grab a side. Let's go. Right? Why? Jesus will change your life. Jesus will change your life. And so then, you know that um, Jesus calls the man friend. He doesn't say sinner. He doesn't say anything. He says friend. 
friend, get up. Take your mat. Get out of here. And he stands up and he goes. And a couple things I want to show you in this. His friends knew whatever it took, whatever it took to get him there, whatever it took, we're going to do it. We're taking you to Jesus. It is a holy have to. I have to. We have to get you to Jesus, right? When you bring, you get those closest to you in the presence of God. That's all we have to do. Because where we gather, he is there. And so then it's his responsibility, not yours. Remember, we talk about conversation is our job. Conversion is the Lord's, right? When you have that conversation, there's a bridge that gets built from your heart to theirs, and then Jesus walks right across it. And so then when we gather, his name is here. The second thing is this. They get there and they can't get in. They're like crud. Like there's no room here. Now at that point, you know, they're exhausted. They've walked forever. And they go, nobody can see us. Nobody even knows we're here. This man needs Jesus probably more than everybody standing here listening. Right. And we can't get there. Sorry, bro. No. Okay. Plan B. Can't get through the windows. Plan C. Can you, can we get on the roof? Can we get on the roof? Yeah, we can get on the roof. Okay. Sure. There's gotta be like an access panel or something. No, no, no. This is like, this is pre these days, right? They dig through the roof. They dig through the roof. Now listen, everybody's back is toward them. Everybody's back is toward them. It's not, it's not us with outward perspective. It's everybody have an inward perspective, Jesus, and, and he should have had their attention, right? So then it's not about having an insider's club. It's about having an outsider's club. That's what the church is. The church is bringing more and more to Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. And so then see the importance here. These guys didn't just find a way to get their friend to Jesus. We're like, yeah, I remember that time we got the guy on the mountain. We took him to Jesus. That was amazing. That's not how they told the story after that. That's not how they told the story, right? It was a felt need. We have to. We have to. Why? Jesus can change your life. He can change your circumstance. And so then, they carried him up to the roof. They dug through the tiles. Why? Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. It wasn't I broke a fingernail or I don't have a hammer. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. It's not as hard for us today. 2022 is not that hard. All for a friend. They did all of that for a friend. Now, I'm sure several times along the, along the way, one, if not all of them said, dude, let's just wait till Jesus comes to our place. Let's just wait. No, it's this guy's day. It's his day. It's his day. And so then we all feel the need for that one. We all just raised our hands earlier, right? Now, here's the reality. Breaking through the roof is difficult, right? At this place, though, there are cloggers above us. <laughs> And they're going to come through any day. I guarantee you every night they're just banging up there. All right. Anyways, the one person can't get to Jesus without you. He had to have a friend. In this case, he had four friends who brought him four friends. Here's why we bring our friends to Jesus is due for one because God's called us to go. He hasn't called us to sit, marinate, get complacent. He hasn't called us to do any of those things. He's called us to go. And when we go, that means we're outside the walls of this church. And when we do that, people see who Jesus is. People see who Jesus is, as long as we're willing to go like this. Now, I don't wear this normally because I'm doing like other things, but you should be the same 
person outside of here that you are in here. And the reason that most people walk away from church is because when we leave here, we talk different and we dress different. I don't fix my hair, right? We do all kinds of stuff different. And who we are on Sundays is not who we are on Mondays. And so I'm asking you to be consistent. The reason you're here, let that be the reason that you go. Let that be the reason you go because why? They're counting on you. They don't even know they're counting on you, but they're counting on you. They're counting on you. All right? So then Romans 8, 28 says this, And we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God and those who are called according to His purpose. Purpose. The purpose is kingdom. We're all called here for this purpose. That purpose is people, right? And when we're on purpose with God's purpose, He will do incredible things through you. It's not sit back and watch. It's go and be. It's go and be. So then it will be in Fort Collins as is in heaven. So then I'm going to recap this really quickly for you. Our treasure is people. Who are they? They're your friends and their family and they're your family. Acts 2 says they were like family. You know why? They were. They were. And their family brought family. And their family brought family. And so then that's it. That's our treasure. Who brought the man to Jesus? His friends. His friends. We all have friends who need Jesus. Why'd they bring him? They were in agreement. Their wills were aligned. Where two more come together, right? They agreed. They were unified. Acts 2 says unified, like-minded people. We all believe the same thing, so we go. So then who who do Sundays exist for? They exist for you. They exist for the person who's not sitting next to you. And they exist for the person who's not sitting next to them. We believe in inviting because he saved my life. He forgave my sins. He changed my life. And he'll do the same for you. No, it's not a Broncos game. It's way more powerful than that. It's not a hockey game or a party or whatever you go to, right? The truth is this, the longer that we sit here and do nothing, the more ground the devil takes and the more people stay confused lost, stuck in bondage, the more they sit there, the more they sit there waiting on you. You're the one. Everybody say, I'm the one. I'm the one. So then to close, I'm going to ask you to grab that three by five card that I gave you. If you're online, you can grab a piece of paper. You can do this on your phone. Do for one. First John three eighteen. as you grab that card, it says this, let us not love merely in theory with word or with tongue, giving lip service to compassion, but in action and in truth, in practice and in sincerity, because practical acts of love are worth more than words. So let's not just say it, let's be it. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone, and soon enough, everyone will be in the kingdom. That's what reaching our communities looks like. So in the story, Jesus is teaching. You have to know that everybody there was saying, amen, and that's good pastor, and you preach, and, and they were all saying that, and that's good, and I love that. But nobody could see the need of the person behind them. Nobody could see the need of the person behind me. And somebody is behind you. Somebody's beside you, and they need you. They need you. Sometimes we have our back to people. It's our family. It's our friends. My brother, I prayed for my brother for 14 years. 14 years I prayed for my oldest brother. And my last Sunday to lead in Tulsa, he came and he came with his nephew. Let me give you some backstory to this. Um, 
In 2013, I challenged, I challenged my staff to do what I'm challenging you to do today. You're my staff today. And when I sit down to write down three names of people that I know are far from God, but close to me, who do you know? Who do you know that's close to you, but far from God? Start thinking of those three people. As I sit down and wrote those people's names, I wrote five. I wrote my siblings. And then I realized they were all married. So I wrote their spouses. And then I realized that four of them have kids, so I wrote their kids. And I realized that they had friends. And then I went the other way. Well, they have have father-in-laws and all that. And I wrote down 73 names. But the number one person that I wrote on that list is my brother Paul. And the last day that I led, he came with my nephew. He sat in the front row right here. I was blown away. Like I almost, I'm pretty sure the message was terrible because I just couldn't believe my brother was there. And, uh, and afterwards he came up, he said, Hey, he said, I just prayed uh, to receive Jesus and I want to get baptized. Will you baptize me? And we baptize every weekend and it wrecked my life. And then my nephew, who's in the Marines now fighting for his life, fighting for our country. He says, Dusty, uncle Dusty. He says, Hey, I, I prayed to receive Jesus. Will you baptize me? Yeah. Now listen, I didn't ever think my brother was coming. But I showed up every weekend and served and gave everything I had because somebody's brother was coming through that door. Somebody's dad is coming through that door. They're coming, but they're not coming without us. They're not coming without us. They're not just going to get an aha moment. You don't think they're looking at you, but they are. I get told all the time by my, by my family how I'm better than them. I'm not. I just hold myself to a different standard. I just believe in Jesus. That's the difference. That's the difference. So I want you to write the people that you know. You might write 17. I don't, it's up to you. But here's what I ask you to do. Commit to pray for them. You have five weeks to Easter Sunday. More than 80% of people will come on Easter if you say, hey, will you come sit with me? Eight out of every team will say yes. Why am I telling you write three? One of them are going to come. If I tell you to write one, you're going to write the one who's probably the most mad at you. It's going to take a little more than five weeks to win them over. Amen? And so, write down the three names that come to your mind. Here's what I want you to do. Don't do anything different. Just pray for them. Invest in them. Swing by their work. Take them a cup of coffee, a Mountain Dew, Kickstart, whatever they drink. Hey, man, how are you? You good? Send them a text. Say, hey, what's up? How are you today? How's your life? Who do you know that needs Jesus? Who do you know that's close to you but far from God? Write them down. Pray for them. Invest in them. And then the week of Easter, tell them, man, this has been on my heart. It's not a bait and switch. You need to come to this church. It's not weird. It's actually pretty cool. They're knocking walls down. They've made room for you. They've made room for you. And I want you to come and sit with me. Will you? That's it. Here's why. In Fort Collins, there are 350,000 people. In Greeley, there are 112,000 people. In Loveland, there are 86,000 people. In Tinmouth, there are 8,000 people. In Windsor, there are 35,000 people. In Wellington, there are 12,000 people. There's 603,000 people living within 30 minutes of this building right here. I'm asking you to invite one, to bring one, to be the one. You guys ever seen this at... I still call it Mile High Stadium, okay? 
This is a flag. And this is, this is a lot like I feel the 2022 version of carrying the man on the mat looks like. We all have a piece. Do you see the people? We all have a piece. And we're all carrying it. Many hands make light work, right? And so, like, you know that people tripped and fell and they're stuck under there and they're just waiting for the anthem to end, by the way. It happens every, it happens every week and it's amazing. But the people who are standing, you look at over here by the Grove logo, you can tell that there's somebody tripped and fell right there because they still ain't back here where they're supposed to be. But everybody is carrying a piece of the mat. You hold one hand of the mat. And on that flag, with no disrespect, the, the people that we're praying for for the next five weeks need to be sitting on there. And we need to carry them here on Easter Sunday so Jesus can speak to them. So Jesus can speak to them. My challenge to you is don't believe enough to just show up. Believe enough to be the one. Believe enough to be the one. Pray for them. Will you commit to that with me? I'm doing the same thing. I don't know very many people here, okay? But if they all show up on the same day, it would be amazing. Keep this card in front of you wherever you go. Put it on your dash. Cover it up. Cover up your speedometer with it. I know you guys don't pay attention to that thing anyways, okay? Put it in your bathroom. Make a copy. Keep it in front of you. Be reminded every week. And then commit to come back next week. We're going to talk about the one for the entirety of this series. Next week, we're going to be talking about the outsider. The outsider. Dusty, listen. You don't know who's on my list. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. My brother was on that list, okay? Just commit. If you'll commit to pray, it'll be amazing what God does. Thank you so much for joining us today. It means more than you know to have you with us. And to all of you who partner with us and support the mission of our church, thank you. We cannot be the church without you. Go ahead and click the link in the description to partner with us now, or you can visit thegrovefc.com forward slash partner. If you enjoy the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe. And if you know someone who would benefit from hearing this message, share it with them. This is how the gospel goes forward. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.